0: This is Body Talk, where we explore your inner universe. Hi everybody, welcome to Body Talk. I'm your host, David Lasondak, and today I'm just thrilled to have as my guest, Susan Laurel. It's been a long week. To have as my guest, Susan Lowell, Susan Lowell.
1: Lowell de Salorsino.
0: Susan Lowell de Salorsino. Thank you, Susan, for knowing how to pronounce your own name. Welcome to Body Talk. <laughs>
1: David, I always enjoy hanging out with you. So thank you. Nice thank having.
0: you. Same. So, what, what you need to know, listeners, is that she not only wrote this fantastically. Beautiful and colorful book, Everything Moves How Biotensegrity Informs Human Movement. But, and she's not only a Tai Chi instructor, but she has a master's degree uh, specifically in kinesthetic learning and has spent a lot of time teaching uh, things like math through movement, which makes her uniquely suited to write a book like this. Um, Susan, I want to ask you a little bit about bio tensegrity. When, when I first came across it conceptually 2004, 2003, 2004, I went, oh, of course, that makes perfect sense to me. But there are still so many people who are just catching on to bio tensegrity. Um, Here's a big question. What is (laughs) biotensegrity? You know, simplify it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It is the concept of tensegrity. It is, hmm, no, let's put it a different way. It is a way of looking at biology that takes the understanding that can be gleaned by working with something that became available in the last century, that is tensegrity structures, tensegrity architecture, and understanding the force vector relationships there, and then saying, okay, is that what helps us get a better handle on what's going on with biological structure?
0: Okay. So when you say a force vector relationship, what would be a good example of a force vector relationship?
1: Um, well, if, um, if I tied a rope around your wrist and I reached into my iPad and I started pulling on that rope, that would pull along one line, one force vector, right?
0: And uh, actually with the been di- probably several in other dimensions as well. <laughs> 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 so I want that kind of mojo. <laughs> But yes, it would.
1: I, and and if, I, and if we were um, on a bus and I accidentally bumped into you, I might be giving you a, a push. Mm-hmm. And that would have a specific direction. Um, and what's going on in tensegrity structures is that push and pull are both happening at the same time to each other. Mm -hmm. and it's that positive interaction between the two that we look at so
0: so it's the it's it's it gives it both its stability and its suppleness and its ability to adapt to its circumstances which is why when we fall if you've ever seen, and I'm sure you have, those super, super slow motion things of people falling or getting hit with something, there's this weird kind of bounce that the body does. Like it kind of absorbs the shock and then it bounces back. And your ability to bounce back or not determines whether or not you get injured.
1: Right. Or there are some great videos of people getting knocked in the head with a soccer ball or... <laughs>
0: This is what we do late at night, listeners. We you watch know, these heard- slow motion videos of people getting wounded on YouTube.
1: <laughs> well, but it's an alarm. You, you see the amount of movement yeah. that, that a head does that we can't see because it's happening so quickly. I
0: Did you see the one with the guy getting punched? Uh, it was like a boxing, a boxing glove. Yep. And you can see the whole part of his face shift over to the other part of his face and come back it's astonishing absolutely astonishing
1: we're made of jelly we're we're gels (laughs) you know
0: so when did you first discover we were gels (laughs)
1: Um, you know i i'm a lucky ducky because about a year after i started diving down the biotensegrity rabbit hole um i got an invitation to go to a seminar uh at stephen levin's home Mm -hmm. where he was doing a presentation presentation mostly for laban movement people but i knew a guy who knew a guy and i was in the room with them Mm -hmm. and uh i think that although i had read it in his books he sits there and he squirts shaving cream on your hand and says, okay, this is a foam. This is us. This is the nature of our structure. We're gels, we're foams, we're nonlinear matter, we're soft matter, we're snot, we're goop. Mm-hmm. And then you think, huh, I have to re-examine snot. <laughs>
0: yeah do they make you do that in the classroom because that could be kind of intriguing <laughs> or is that just something you do in your own time that's for a few for for at home study right.
1: <laughs> so probably and then and then when i started really working closely with him which is probably a i don't know a year or so later mm-hmm. a couple of years later i guess um he said, OK, if you're really going to study this, you need um, Gerald Pollack's Cells, Gels, and the Engines of Life. of Life,
0: yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And you need um, von Bertalanffy's General Systems Theory. OK. So those were the two books, and and
0: game on, and game on, and um, exactly. Again, for for those for those newer listeners here, if you're wondering what is a tensegrity structure, uh, the easiest one I can point to is the classic geodesic dome model, the Epcot Center kind of thing, and the bio biotensegrity model points out that we are not a robotic system of levers and pulleys that are screwed down with chains that move our bodies. We're these squishy, foamy, jelly bag-like things held together in a fluid continuity that gives us both structure and support so that we can move and bounce. How's that? That
1: that was pretty good. I mean, okay. really, Graham put it in such a nice way recently
0: mm-hmm. that
1: it's unlikely that our human structure and all biological structure would be mechanically like the machines that were being designed 360 years ago when mm-hmm. Borelli proposed that <clears throat> machine modeling yes. was what was going inside on inside the body, but that's what they had. We have to realize that's what they had.
0: Right. Yeah, it's not. You know, yeah. Yeah. And at that time, it was a pretty bitchin' model.
1: Right. And we didn't have this other option to even consider until it was figured out in the last 100 years. Mm-hmm. And so what does happen with a tensegrity is, and I consider the sort of um, seed model the sixth strut, Pensegrity, because that's how I oh. learned it from Steve.
0: Yeah, now you're talking about seed, not in terms of like a seed you would plant in the ground. That's just uh, the name of the model?
1: Uh, no, uh, I guess as I, I'm using the word the way that if you're going to generate a fractal. Okay. If you're going to generate a fractal that you are drawing, for example, mm-hmm. you would have a seed shape.
0: Okay, yeah. And that's...
1: then you would iterate at descending scale levels, right? Within, 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 within. Mm-hmm. You would do a self-similarity thing with this general seed shape that you would start with.
0: Okay. Just just sense. yeah. Good. Just try to make it clear. Try to make it clear. I know right now though there's somebody listening who's got to be saying, man, if if we're just these gooey bags of things, how come I can't slide under a door like an octopus?
1: Yeah. Right. Because you're not an octopus, but an octopus can.
0: Yes. What makes them (laughs) special?
1: I mean, yes, right. So it's, it has to do with the fact that we're looking at all biological life through all time um, as being uh, made of soft condensed matter or soft matter. Which is a relatively new field of study. Um, and it's interesting. So Gerald Pollack was on, I do a little thing every week called the Biotensegrity Party. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's an all-volunteer production of the Stephen M. Levin Biotensegrity Archive that I helped Steve and his wife found several years ago. Um, And we had Jerry Pollock on a couple of weeks ago, Uh, maybe a week ago, I guess it was just a week ago. Uh, But anyway, he. He showed us some blood vessels and he said, look, here's a blood vessel. This is the size of it. Here's a capillary. It's a lot smaller than the blood vessel. How does a blood vessel get into a capillary? And then you see it do it because now we have video of that stuff Mm -hmm. happening. And it looked to me like the octopus squeezing through the little hole in the boat.
0: (laughs) It would, yeah.
1: It just was reconfiguring itself without any damaging deformation but with the ability to reconfigure. And so we have enough push to balance the pull at multiple scale levels in our system and ours is different from a giraffe's is different from that of a clam Mm -hmm. but we all have it all living things have it to the point that we can sustain the forces and pressures and slings and arrows of outrageous fortune in the physical way that we need to to deal with every day and succeed because because evolutionarily biological life everything that's living right now around us is a success story yes it has succeeded that pattern that set of developmental
0: patterns yes and i i I won't steal it but it's something tom myers used to like to say probably still does like to say that like even on the worst day that you're having realize that you're a success because your ancestors lasted long enough for you to be here today yeah and that's true for every living thing on the planet right now
1: yeah exactly
0: which is pretty phenomenal so so when you approach again a model to human structure and a model to movement from a perspective like this, um, how did that change the way that you approached things like your Tai Chi practice and in your uh, teaching of children and such? What changed? How did it change?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a concept called the carpentered environment. Where we live in these worlds with a lot of 90 degree angles, walls, ceilings, floors, and we start seeing the world that way. And there are a lot of optical illusions that people can create Mm -hmm. because even when we know that's not what we're seeing, our mind will change it to be 90 degrees or. Right, you know, so there, so there's something called the carpentered environment concept, and I think we have it somewhat. The machine modeling, the carpentered environment, that we have it in our framework for how we look at our own
0: bodies. You'd like, you'd like my house. Uh, my dining room, my living room, uh, are connected through a series of archways, but there are no hard corners. In the living room or the dining room, all the molding is curved and plastered right up into the ceiling. So there's no clear division between the walls and the ceiling. Great. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to say, like, I picked it for that reason. Like, I'm like, this is going to reinforce my model of the universe by living in this room. But no, I didn't know any of the stuff we're talking about when I bought this place. (laughs)
1: Sorry. No. There's a good reason that we build houses that way and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we, we are very comfortable with linear systems, right? Yeah. And, and if you take your car to the mechanic and you say there is something wrong at the right front tire and they start working on your radio, you're <laughs> going to say, hello, I'm not paying for this time. But
0: I need if if tunes if you want me to fix your to car. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Dude.
1: But if somebody comes to you with a problem in their left shoulder and you start working on their right ankle that's a completely appropriate proposition that might be a completely appropriate proposition yes. because you're seeing a whole system that's nonlinear
0: Correct. and it's
1: not like uh hey fred the knee's just arrived from new jersey gonna start applying the kneecap now and we'll be waiting for the you know the traps to come in for you know it's not we're not made that way and so we need to not see ourselves that way i'm not sure i'm answering your question
0: no you know this is this this is this is the automobile metaphor which i i uh, I'm always trying to nail because you're right. It's not as simple as replacing a part, but you know, I look at it more is the part that you didn't, the the thing in the wheel that you ignored. So by the time you got it fixed, there was a, there were a whole bunch of other things in the car that wore down because of the one thing you didn't get fixed. So to me, that's a little bit more like when people come in with a problem, but it's actually a whole system of problems that results in one symptom. And they just look yep. at that. That's the cause. So that's, thank you. I've been trying to wrap my head around that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a way that other people can understand. Um, so, so. yeah. So
1: I, you we're asking about how,
0: how this, how this changed the way you taught movement yeah. as a Thai teacher. And in terms of you were telling me uh, when we were talking earlier about how you applied movement to teaching mathematics which is fascinating
1: (laughs) well yeah so what what from tai chi there there are these tai chi classics and for me finding biotensegrity was like finding the decoder ring for those mysterious lines in the tai chi classics and also for me um learning through the body is a way that i learn. And so when I was teaching math and well, I was a music teacher and the music teacher has the desk in the multi-purpose room, the Catholic (laughs) gymatorium. And so when the second grader says, "Miss Susan, I need help with my homework. You don't say, honey, I'm not on the clock. It's a second grader who's like ready to cry. Yeah. Just, you know, and I'm a mom. I mean, you just,
0: you, You help. Yeah, you do.
1: So then they started to um pay me for that. And then I got this kid one day, and they gave me flashcards, and they were multiplication equations, multiplication flashcards. And um, the woman said, just drill her until she gets it. And I got this feeling in the pit of my stomach, I want you to know that I had yet to memorize my multiplication tables at that time. And I thought, if they haven't figured this out since I was in school, then I've got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And that is how I ended up with kinesthetic learning.
0: So what did you do? How did you turn multiplication tables into kinesthetic learning?
1: Because if you understand a number and the nature of that number, then you can understand multiples of the number and fractions of the number. And, and for example, let's, let's take fractions because they're famously difficult to teach. Yes. On the other hand, if I'm sitting with a four-year-old and there's a cookie and we need to split the cookie, all of a sudden, they know division really well.
0: They know, right? Yes, make it real.
1: They know, right? Mm -hmm. And they know that if I'm about to split up that cookie and Fred and Julie walk into the room, there are more people. They're not getting a bigger piece of the cookie. The cookie has to be cut into more pieces. And the fact that there are now four of us means everyone's getting a smaller piece. So the numbers get bigger, but the pieces get smaller. And they already know that.
0: So um, when when we're off the air, uh, when we're done with this, I want you to get your iPhone and I want you to ask Siri, I want you to ask Siri, what is zero divided by zero? Okay, promise oh. me you'll do that
1: and I see will. what
0: happens. Okay, uh, yeah, you'll love it. You'll love it. I love yeah so um yeah
1: (laughs) so i had to go to the body and i had to go to to physical experience to find the answers to the questions and so that's how i teach Mm -hmm. and so when i needed to teach biotensegrity, i started with push and pull for that reason
0: and were you already Uh, practicing tai chi at that point or did that come later
1: Right, it was because I was studying Tai Chi and teaching it and reading these Tai Chi classic writings that have these mysterious sounding phrases that don't make any sense. Some of them make sense, stand like a mountain, move like a great river, walk like a cat, okay. If if he doesn't move, I don't move. If he moves, I move first that's a non-linear proposition
0: what now is going on mm-hmm. but so what is when, going on
1: yeah but when you hold a tensegrity in your hands and you realize that if you just pinch it here this little bit of string you can have your hand your other hand anywhere you want on that structure and you will feel that movement instantly. So instantly and everywhere. Whatever happens in one place is happening to the whole system. So even though it's divided into push and pull, there is a quality of oneness. And so when one thing moves, everything moves that title is a direct steal from the Tai Chi classics.
0: Steal from the best.
1: Yes. <laughs> and so you can feel it. And so then it made physical sense to me. You see, it was a matter of physics. It wasn't a matter of mystery. And I really, I really appreciated that. I like being grounded in the physics.
0: I I appreciate that too. Uh, and I know that using the biotensegrity model becomes a way to go back to something you said earlier Uh, i've come in with a shoulder problem why are you working on my ankle it becomes a better way to relate that conceptually to people as a model
1: yeah exactly i mean there are some acupuncturists who only treat by putting needles in the ear Mm -hmm. you know uh you know pain in the hip we're going into the ear uh, you know, kidney, liver imbalance, we're going to the ear. Like,
0: there are some chiropractors that? who only adjust C1 and C2. Okay. I
1: would
0: exactly. get really bored, but there are chiropractors who do that and apparently get great results.
1: Yeah. And so this takes it out of, for, for me, <clears throat> a value for manual therapists as well as movement teachers with biotensegrity is it explains how this can happen physically, how it can be a physical reality that when you touch something in one place, even lightly, that the entire system can, the signal can travel through, it can cascade through, there are different, many different ways that signals can go through the system and everything can change. And if you burn your finger on the stove, your right foot knows that. <laughs> your your whole body knows it.
0: Mm-hmm. So you would, you, you, you would argue against the pain science that pain is just in the brain, that model when you say that
1: some things are in the brain but I don't know if you saw there was a really interesting article um, in nature I believe it was yesterday mm. about slime molds
0: no I did not see it okay slime
1: molds which you know do not have a nervous system no they don't and they remember where the food is and then they go back there and how is that what is the structure of the memory what they're looking at? are tubules or tubes of some kind inside of them
0: mm-hmm. that
1: extend and contract
0: that push and so pull
1: push and pull
0: yeah uh, andre palat uh is very fond of talking about the non-neuronal Communication system of the body, which uh, I wished I'd come up with, because that's something I've talked about for years, but I never thought to call it that. Uh, and you see, you see that in 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 other aquatic life too, like pyrosomes, which are these colony organisms that can that can join and form these huge tubes that you can actually swim through. And they swim, they flee from predators, they mate, they don't have a nervous system,
1: right? yeah Christ. how are they doing that? There's lots of stuff. I mean, Michael Turvey talks about this. Um, Turvey and Fonseca have written about this when they write about haptic perception. Mm-hmm. Um, Graham and Steve and I wrote a, a paper on closed kinematic chains. And uh, we, we have some of the examples there. Um, not everything is ha- Nervous systems are really great to have. I'm very happy I have a nervous system. I do a lot of things with it every day. (laughs) (laughs) I probably don't use it enough. Mm -hmm. But... but But it's not the only thing going on, and it didn't evolve by itself.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's ego? It's sort of like you know, we'll like you know, like uh, well, I got the iPhone 12, you have the iPhone 11, (laughs) and it's like, yeah, well, I have a central nervous system. Yeah, well, I have a prefrontal cortex, so like you know, stick that in your pipe, you know. That's right. It
1: reminds me. It reminds me of when you know, I mean, through my life, right? I've heard different. Uh, humans are the only animals who use tools and then we find out that no. <laughs> you
0: know
1: this is doing it this is doing you
0: know mm-hmm. do, do you know about the the um the the research they did with the Capuchin monkeys you know those old those furry ones that live yeah, in yeah, the yeah, climates Where, and, and it was, um, it was kind of a cruel experiment, but they actually tried to get these monkeys to administer shocks to other monkeys in order to get fed and they wouldn't do it. Mm. They, 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 they were like conscientious objectors. I mean, there were some that did. uh, And then there was like one monkey that like rescued another one or something. It was really like, okay, so we're not the only species that have compassion, Mm. Uh, or or will overthrow authority if we think the reasoning is right so we
1: seem to be the only species that's trashing the place
0: um yeah we excel at that we really really do and uh, we seem to think that that's okay we seem to think that you know it'll take care of itself
1: clearly a sign of being very highly evolved
0: yeah, see, I can I can remember having a litter bag in the car in the seventies. My parents and you would you would never throw things out the window, and to this day, uh, when I go out in my front bank, I will find a water bottle, I will find a this, I will find a that. And it's like really, you're sitting in front of my house waiting for the stop sign, and you have to throw that out. Really? <laughs> God, right. people. Anyway, there
1: no, there is no away, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So does biotensegrity make us better humans? <laughs>
1: controversial question right
0: (laughs) those are the best kind
1: uh the fact that we're human means we are biotensegral structures as all living things are so better humans um that's a value judgment yeah well yeah um, right in other words biology does what biology does and this is a way of studying that now i can look at a tensegrity structure or a tree and gain inspiration and people have been doing that for well trees flowers Mm -hmm. rivers anything people have been drawing inspiration for how to understand the workings of nature and be more in harmony with that for, you know, we don't know how many hundreds of thousands or millions of years, right? Um, And so I think if you understand your own structure better and you understand the balance of things in the world better, um, you may that may give you a happy feeling, uh, <laughs> but uh, if somebody has a, a desperate need, that's, you know, for some, that something that's happened in their lives and they mm-hmm. can't figure out how to work that out. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's I,
1: the way through that. No, I,
0: I think I might just, yeah. I, I actually just thought of a better question. So we're just kind of snip that sure. out. Um, see, that's part of the fun of this too. It's like, let's just, let's bat back and forth yeah. and see where things go. Yeah, and if, yeah, they, yeah. if they sometimes go down, a blur, we can fix that in post. Um, so, okay. So I have two questions. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you know, you tell me which one you want to do first. Uh, one is, how does understanding the biotensegrity model improve, you, how did it improve your life or how could it improve one's life? And the other one is, what is the limitations of the model? And um, th- those are the two questions that I think the first one is a better question than how does, you know, will it make you a better human? How does it improve your life?
1: Well, I think it's improved my Tai Chi teaching because I think I understand human movement better. Because I understand human structure better. Because I understand living structure better and um, Tai Chi. Philosophically looks to nature for answers in things, looks to the balance of yin and yang in nature and. Um. I think, I think that understanding, I would say it helps me understand a greater field of possibilities or a new kind of possibility, because, for example, in Tai Chi, there's something called push-hands. Yes. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I think most of us have yeah. probably done that.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You think most of us have probably Most done of my
0: that? listeners have probably done that. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Don't let me down, listeners. I'm, I'm expecting a lot from you here. I don't want any emails.
1: So when we connect with another person, uh, at least the way I was taught, mm-hmm. you connect with no more than four ounces of pressure between you so it's a light touch proposition okay
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and so some people say well then how is this a martial art it doesn't make sense i've got to make a fist and punch the guy or whatever what it is i think is that if we touch lightly i can be in system with you And in Taiji, they say no resistance and no letting go. And if he moves, I move first. And guess what? If I'm touching you lightly and I don't have an agenda and I'm in system with you and I'm following you because it also says let go of the self and follow others, which I cannot do if I have an agenda. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. I'm just listening and touching and following, which apparently all you good therapists kind of actually do, <laughs> then I'm in system with you. And so if you try to move to get away with me, it's gonna seem like I was already there because my job is to not be separate from you.
0: Yes, where 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 do you stop in the other person end? And on some level you're 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 actually exchanging bacteria. <laughs> I mean, where, where you're contacting each other, right? And as far as the bacteria are concerned, yeah. um, there there's there's little separation between my bacteria on my hands and your bacteria on your hands. So on a cellular level, it's a much deeper connection, even though it's not one that we can necessarily cognitively process.
1: But also just in terms of the physics and, and our micro, if we're both in the same room as each other and we're close enough to touch at the backs of the wrist, our, microbi- our microbiome clouds or whatever you call them
0: mm-hmm.
1: are already intermingling, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's already happening. Our, My heartbeat, that um, that kind of electromagnetic pulse that's going out is already interacting with yours even yes. when you're on the other side of the room and this can all- it be
0: yeah isn't it like it's been measured like t- up to oh, 10 yeah. feet away something like that
1: um my understanding of the physics is when you put out a wave like that mm-hmm. it goes on forever it can dissipate no. it never goes to zero um but but i could be wrong and yeah um,
0: i was speaking specifically about the electromagnetic field of the heart
1: yeah but that's what i'm saying is that I it
0: doesn't but yeah okay i well I in terms of our ability to measure sure our
1: ability to measure that yeah a different
0: so if i'm here and you're in france you may not feel it as strongly as if you were across the room
1: yeah
0: and i just poured you a glass of wine okay yes got it
1: but there's something that allows my daughter to call just as i'm serving dinner every night
0: yes yes or your grandson to come Well, no that's a time nightly event so that doesn't count yeah that well you just called when i was thinking about you mm-hmm. so
1: so if if we're touching lightly and we're in system with each other how can i even really tell who's initiating and who isn't and then the, the kind of the game with tai chi is that you don't want to be the one that's initiating And you don't want to be the one that uses force because you just empower the other person to be able to stay in balance while you go out of balance. Your your force against them takes you out. Whereas if you just both allow each other to be with each other, the play can go on for a long time. And you see people doing push hands. It looks like nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Guy goes flying through the air. <laughs> right. Right. And, 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 and I've been pushed like that, you know, where my body's gone up in the air. And um, because we, we have that exercise and the best ones, you don't feel it on your arm. You don't feel any pressure. And you even have a moment of, oh, too bad. She didn't get it right. And then you go flying through the air and into the wall. (laughs) Now, (laughs) This is a physical reality. And it's an experience that at this point, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have had. Mm -hmm. How do you explain it? How do you explain it? How do you explain it? I explain it that, uh, that I think it has to do with the fact that that person is in system with me. And I'm the end of their whip. And all they need to do is a little tiny flip in their belly, a little, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that's the flip of the whip that then I'm on the other end and I'm the thing that goes flying. Mm -hmm. And my resistance just makes me go higher, further, faster.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just taking that in and I'm taking in <laughs> several conversations that I've had this week uh, interviewing different people on the podcast about complexity theory. And uh, I had Neil Thies ask me, so when you're working on another person and there's that connection, what is that point? What's really going, I mean, so this has been, well, you're, you're blowing my mind here, Susan, in a really great way. Because this, this, <laughs> this was stuff that I knew about, but you've contextualized it in a way that I hadn't thought about. But, but so, you see what I mean? And so
1: that's why I was so happy to find biosensory. I'm doing push-ins mm-hmm. with somebody and something's going on. And I say, hmm, check your left hip. Is it relaxed? And then they're like, how do, you, how do you know? They say, how do you know? I don't know how I know. I don't know how I know.
0: Mm-hmm. But now
1: I know how I know.
0: So when I'm, okay, I was working with a student this week, and they were doing seated back work on me, and I, you know, I always stress warrior one position, so you're almost in a lunge, one foot is forward, one foot is back, and I said, are you standing with your feet apart? And she said, no, they're together. I said, but it's not warrior one legs, is it? I could tell. Right. Where her legs were by feeling her hands on my back, and I could not see them.
1: Yes. Yes, because you were in system with her. Yes. You were not resisting that connection. You were the acupuncture needle in the ear. That can connect all the way through to the kidney or wherever it needs to connect through.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so okay, um, this is getting a little beyond biotensegrity here, but Okay. Sorry. How I much? Mean, no, 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 I, no, no. This is my question. This is my question.
1: But I have to tell you to me, this is biotensegrity. This okay. is where biotensegrity
0: lives. No, no, no. I, no I'm with you yeah. on that. I'm absolutely with, but this next question. Yes. Um, so somebody puts an acupuncture needle in my ear. Do I have to buy into that to get that effect?
1: Oh, this is such a good question.
0: Yeah. That's why I'm saying a little beyond biotensegrity, but maybe not.
1: No, I'm going to answer it maybe this way. Okay. So there, um, I'm running a course right now through Chris Clancy's Embodied Embodied Biotensegrity Platform. Okay, um, cool. And and we're going through my book, a three-month deep dive into my book. Nice. Yeah. And some of the people um, who are in the group, one of them is a physical therapist, Mariana barreto in Ontario uh, who studied with Leonid Bloom Mm -hmm. and learned biotensegrity and how to work on kids with cerebral palsy and help them rebuild fascial structure where they needed it to be so that they could, so that they can have fuller bodies that are better functioning. And another group, of students um, are veterinary uh, physical therapists and nurses at University of College, um, College University of Dublin, Dublin College University. I'm sorry, I'm getting it wrong. It's okay. But, but they're in Dublin, and they're working on a dog who fell off a cliff and broke her neck about a year and a half ago okay mm-hmm. and so they have been working on this dog to help her regain whatever she can regain okay a quadriplegic dog Springer Spaniel
0: oh I love Springer yeah they're good they're yeah. such personalities
1: so they've been working on Bo and they were kind of hitting a wall so they started to talk to Mariana Barreto and they've been collaborating, and they've been letting me kind of sit in the room with them while they play with these ideas, and I jump in with little. What kids. you
0: observe, sure, cool, yeah. cool.
1: And over the course, and, and they just met when the course started at the beginning of January, and the dog has been improving. Wow. The net. The movement of the legs, the, the, the fullness of the right front leg, the dog has been improving. And I just think that's amazing.
0: Wow. That's, that's great. And that's the power of working with the body in a biotensegrity informed way.
1: I think so. I think what you have a different awareness. So, you use a different logic, you try different things, you get different results, and you understand when something starts to work. You have a different set of thoughts about why it might be working. Yeah. And how you can take that even further.
0: Yeah. And apply it to the next person. And well, if that, then maybe this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful wonderful stuff susan thank you for coming by today this has been a lot of fun i hope you had a good time
1: and we didn't even get to bubbles in the beer david so
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you know we just have to have you back for a part two how's that sound
1: that sounds good okay and and in person with beer please
0: okay in we'll do in person (laughs) live streamed uh, me and Susan and Beer talking biotensegrity for, for, um, for the special patrons uh, coming up soon on Body Talk. Uh, anything you want to say to the audience before we go, Susan?
1: Um, I would invite everyone to check out the Biotensegrity Archive channel on YouTube mm-hmm. um, and to check out the biotensegrity parties. Yeah, and we'll have
0: links for those in the show notes, so oh, uh, we'll make it, we'll make it easy for you. Thanks again, Susan. Take care, David. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Body Talk. Any questions, questions for me, questions for our guest? Send me an email. Bodytalkdavid at gmail.com or you can use the Anchor app and send me a voice memo. How cool is that? I'm David Lasondack. Join me next week when we continue to explore your inner universe on Body Talk.